0: Shalom to everyone. I hope everyone had a meaningful Sukkot in Simchas Torah. And we're up to Pasha In Pasha it says that Noach was a tzaddik in his generation. Noach isht tzaddik tamim hayabidur He was a very big tzaddik in his generation. Now, Rashi brings down a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Das Kufches. The Gemara over there brings down Machloikes. An argument between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yehuda. Rish Lakish says... What does that mean? We say... What the, the Torah says about Noyach... We say it L'shevach... In his favor, meaning... No, he was a Tzaddik, even though he was in a door of rishaim of wicked people. Kol sheken, bedor shel tzaddikim, that if he was in a generation of Tzaddikim... He would even be a bigger tzaddik, ayat tzaddik Yoter. And then you have, on the other hand, Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi it, says, explains this more in a negative sense. And he says the following. Lefish, in a negative sense. Why? He says, of course, comp- it's all relative. Compared to his generation, Lefisha biddu'o hayat tzaddik. Okay, in his generation, relative to the people around him, that everyone was wicked, he was neshav tzadi. But if he was in the generation of Avraham, lo ayan neshav leklum. Adkan is an explanation also of the Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Ches, according to Rashi. asks Hagon Rab Meir Ubiman in his book Zichron Meir. He goes, how can it be? How can we explain Rish Lakish? Sorry, how can we explain Rabbi Yechanan? That's, ish, that's saying it in a negative sense. Lichoria is belittling the fact that Noach was a tzaddik. He goes, yeah, he was a tzaddik only compared to his generation. Bring it, Tavram he wouldn't be such a tzaddik. How can it be when the Tvera Mephulosh says that he was Noach, ish tzaddik tamimaya bedorotav? Even more than that, we know that he was, he was nechshav to be a big tzaddik uh, uh, the biggest sadic in, gen- in this generation how can you say that's a little thing that's a huge thing so that's question number one even more than that to make the question more extreme if you look at the Lashon it says if you were to be in the generation of Avraham Avinu lo haya leklum he wouldn't be Nechshav as anything. Well, how can you say that? Again, we said he was the biggest Tzaddik of his generation. You want to say that a Tzaddik is Nechshav ketmoklum? Well, what's going on over here? So he wants to explain in Vimechadesh a different way of looking at the Machloikis between Rabbi Yochan and Rish Lakish. And he says the following. They're not really arguing on the fact that he was a big Tzaddik and how big Neuch was. They're really only arguing, and we'll see what the difference is, but they're really only arguing on what does it mean when the Torah is telling us, all the Torah needs to tell us, he was a big tzaddik. Why is the Torah telling us, he was a tzaddik in his generation? What are the words in his generation coming to teach us? Rabbi Yohi that says it in a negative sense, we said, meaning, even he... Is talking about the shevach in a certain way. Also, he's saying a positive thing about noach. They're just arguing on what the pasuk is trying to tell us. But also, Rabbi Yechanan, that we said it's in a negative sense. He really, there's an underlying positive sense shevach over here. Why? Rabbi Yechanan says like this. We all know the gemara. The, we all know the famous Rambam. The Rambam in Perik vav Kevav Milchos Deus. It says like this. We were programmed by a kadosh meaning our nature. Whether we like it or not, our nature, being human people, we are affected by our friends, both, and our society, both, in our way of thinking and in the actions we do. And therefore, it's very we're very affected by the people around us. So Rabbi Eichanan is saying, you should know. Yes, of course, Noach would not reach the level. Sorry. Noach, if you just planted Noach right now and compared his level of Tzidkus, let's say it's 8.5 from 1 to 10. You compare it to the tzaddikim and Avraham Avinu's time, who were 9.5, we wouldn't even look at him. We wouldn't say, "Wow, he was a big tzaddik." Okay, he was a tzaddik, but he wasn't. We wouldn't even learn a shav compared to the other people. However, you should know, you know why he didn't reach that level, Dafka, because he was in his generation, because a kadosh found it right to plant him in his generation, that did not allow him to reach the level of the tzaddikim in the generation of Amavino. But indeed, if he were to be planted in the generation of Amavino, he would reach a high level. In fact. He would reach a higher level. And therefore he would be neshav. But let me say right now, he's not. Because he's 8.5 and they're 9.5. But indeed, if he was planted there, who knows where he would reach. Could be he would reach even more than them. Yeah, 9.5 or 9.9. We don't know. Right now, he ended it his life. He was at a point of 8.5. Ad Khan, Divrei, re, explanation, Rabbi, they even though Rabbi is saying in a negative sense, the negative sense comes out to be that he reached 8.5. But you know why it's not his fault? It's because he was limited, like the Rabbim says, by the people around him. And this is a very important nekuda to note because we are affected by our environment. And a person should know that and be aware and be proactive about that. Ad Kedekach, that the Balai Musa tell us that especially in our generation where the world is becoming more and more corrupt around us, we have to be very careful, and we have to make sure that we're in a proper society. Now, the Baalai Musa say the following, that in Shemaim, a lot of times, we're going to be yadunotano, we're going to be judged, not necessarily on the averas per se that we're doing, but how much did we work on not putting ourselves in a situation where we might fall into a trap of an Avera. Because once we're already in that situation, it's very difficult. And it might be even a geder of an oinis that we were over in an Avera. And that's why a person should do his utmost not to be part of a certain crowd that that will inevitably make him go down into Averas. And I want to add one more nakuta on this. Usually we say, that a person should always grow spiritually. Because if he doesn't grow, end of arkas, have to stay in the same place. If you stay in the same place, you're eventually going to go down. And that is the whole idea. It's compared to a baby. If a baby gro- stops growing, then something's wrong with the baby, chaser shalom. El He always needs to grow a little bit, a little bit. You always need to see that there's a progression. Same with us spiritually. However, there is one exception to this rule, as I'll say. The exception is something like in Noach. To uphold and upkeep the level of tzaddik that Noach was, that takes a lot of work. You continuously have to work on that. It's not easy to do that. You continuously have to work. You see that Yaakov Avinu, which was one of the big of the Avos, he... He said also this idea. He says even though we mentioned this previously, even though I was with Lavan and Lavan was a Rasha, even though he was there, in Lavan the I was still able to hold onto the mitzvahs because this is another idea that a person gets way more Sachar if he does something during the times of difficulty, it doesn't matter what a person is going through, any nisiyonis, financially, Shalom Bayis, it does health, any of career, anything, and still he continues to do the mitzvahs, going to davening every morning, doesn't matter what, then that's worth a lot more. It says a hundred times more. And I heard something even more than that. The fact that you're able to do that, even though it's a time of Tzar, even though it's a time of Tzar, then even when you don't have times of tsar, and things go smoothly, you still get the sachar, the credit, as if it was a time of tsar. Why? Because you prove ta'kodesh buchu, you were that you're willing to do it even in the times of tsar. Just it happens to be that now it's not a time of tsar. So you still get the credit, as if you were in the times of tsar. That's exactly what uh, we saw. We see brought down in Avris, the Rabbi Nachman, the Rabbi nosan sorry, over there it says... That a person gets a hundred times more credit if he does things, even though he's bital. Yeah, I'll call Panim back to us. I want to just bring a mashal to this idea that a person, even though he's staying in the same sp- position spiritually, but he still is that that is going. Why? Because the mashal is if a person swimming. Then he always has to progress and get to further to, to a further point. But if you're swimming against the current and the current is so strong, you've got to work really hard just to stay in your position. And therefore, of course he gets a because we're being named on our efforts. He's doing, he's making huge efforts. In, in fact, he's doing more than efforts. You see results. The fact that he's saying the same place. That's not an easy thing to do when you're against the current. Same thing here. When you're in a society or in a certain situation where you have to work really hard just to stay in your position, you still get credit for that. So going back to answering the questions we said. We're now explaining two different ways of understanding the machloykets between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan, that says that that he zooms into the words of That yeah, Noyach was a big tzaddik. But he was a tzaddik in his generation. What does that mean? It means because of his generation. That's a negative sense. Yes, he didn't reach 9.5 level of tzaddik he reached 8.5 but it's because the generation he was planted in if he were to be planted in Avraham Avinu who knows how he would reach he would reach even higher but at the end of the day he only reached 8.5 but that's not his fault and we should learn from that that yeah a person is affected by his environment like the Rambam teaches us whereas Rabbi Reish Lakish that says it in a more positive sense. Again, they're both saying positive things about Noach, but he says that I learned from the word generation that despite his generation, he reached 9.5, not 8.5. On the whole, if he was in Avram Avinu, Avada, he would reach 9.9. Meaning it could be that they both agree he could reach 99 from a Venus generation. But right now, as is, he reached 85 One opinion says, yeah, that is the only reason he reached only 85 Because he was in this generation. And it's a f- impossible almost to, to get higher than that. The other opinion says, no, he did manage to get higher than that. So that's the makhloikis. Now... Just to summarize, what are the two main ideas we're learning here before I'll end up with a story? The two ideas is, number one, do your best not to put yourself in a situation of an isayon in a society, in a chevra that's not healthy and can negatively affect you and your children. Hashem, I think we did grow up in a very healthy environment and we have to make sure that we're always sending our kids to schools and, and making sure that the friends of the family and the kids are always one that will have a positive effect and of course, we should have a positive effect on others and the other in the is that even in the times that are difficult you should have Chizuk from the idea that you're getting a hundred times more Sahal when you do something even though times are crazy probably after the Chagim now everyone's back, everyone's in the backlog at work it's probably crazy but still, this is the time that you're showing a Kaddish Bolchu no matter what I am doing this at least the same if not more and you're going to get a lot of Sahal for that I'd like to end off with a story that maybe perhaps will also give us a bit of chizuk. The story is as following. One time there was a merchant that buys and sells very expensive stones. So once every couple of years he goes on this very, very difficult long journey in the train. He gets to this isolated place and he buys for relatively cheap these expensive stones. And he goes back home and sells them. One time he went to this place and he bought a pretty pretty good stones and he left himself no money except for the t- the the, ride, the tickets for the ride home then as he's about to get to the train station he's not far away suddenly he sees this other merchant that does a similar thing to him huffing and puffing running to him he says listen I'm about to give you the deal of your life there's no time for questions look at these stones we want them I'll give you them for a 20th of the price but you gotta pay cash money right now but right now you have 20 seconds to make this decision. Quickly, the guy looks around him and he realizes the situation is a He sees police in the far background running after this guy. He realizes that this guy probably got into a, a bit of shtoch problems. And he says, wow, this is really a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance. I have to buy these stones. But the problem is I have no money. The only money I left myself is for the ticket back so he quickly looks at the stones he sees these stones are unbelievable it's not even the level he's used to it's, it's, it's above and beyond he can be set to life if he buys these stones quickly he doesn't allow this in his brain he only has two sec- 20 seconds and he says you know what I never do this but I have to do this I am going to forfeit my business t- class ticket in the train which was almost a necessity in those days because it was crazy what was in the regular economy class people from the lowest levels and it was even dangerous but he says I'm willing to do this I'm going to do this one time so he does the cheshbon he sees how much money he has left he takes that money and he buys as many stones as he can and then he goes he goes on the train and he was not wrong the train ride was close to impossible it was uncomfortable seats the people that went there the drinking the people pushing him it was horrible it was very difficult for him It it was like a week's journey he couldn't take it. But you know what he did? Every time that he felt it's almost impossible, he took out that bag with those amazing stones. He had a look at them. And that gave him chizek to continue. Now, if the story is true or not, I don't know. I heard it from someone that's a very, very big storyteller. What can we take with us from this story? We can take us from the story that this train ride is Oylamazeh. Oilamaze is not easy always, as we all know we all have Nishioinus in all, different, all kinds of different fields and areas. However, what we have to remind ourselves that this is just the economy train. At the end of the day, we have in our pockets, in our hearts, waiting for us to all about the Torah and mitzvahs we do. And we learned already that also your work and your eating and sleeping can be mitzvahs if you have the right kavana. So we have to be happy with that. And I want to tell you one more Nekuda. It's true that a lot of people, and it's Ames, say that you have to make sure you bring up your family and kids in a way that you inject into them the gishmak the happiness of Yiddishkeit. Which it is happy, if you think about it. The fact that we have Shabbos together with the whole family and all the mitzvahs. It's, it's the sukkah, it's incredible. However, however, I once heard Beshen the Rav that you can't say that it's always happy. Sometimes there are things that are difficult. And he says, I don't like the fact that people always try to quote-unquote sell Yiddish Kaipai. it's always so happy. Because you know what, then the kid is going to get into a situation that it's not so happy, it's difficult. And then it's dangerous. He says, but you know what it is? It's worth being Jewish. It's worth being Jewish. And perhaps this is the idea we're saying now. Of course it's worth to be Jewish. We have this unbelievable potential to reach an Olam Abba. We just have to be conscious of it during the week, during the difficult times. V'i ratzoni ha Ki should give us Koyach to continue and to grow. Mikhail <laughs> al